Awakened. Now what? I'm your host, Helen. And I'm your co-host, JR. The purpose of creating this podcast is to build community among those who are awakened, those on the spiritual path, and those who are curious. And we are so excited to bring you another episode. Yes, we are. And today we'll be talking about the ascension. When you enter the world of spirituality, you will come across this term a shit ton. Now, what exactly is the ascension? Today, we have my very special friend to guide us through the ascension. Let's welcome Terry Smith to the show, everybody. Yay! <laughs> Terry, I've known you for four years, wow. and you've been significant in my own ascension and my own awakening. Give the listeners a little bit of information into your backstory and your history. Wow, it's really been four years since I've known four, you. Yeah, I, I woke up in 2017, and you were the first person that I came to see. <laughs> So, really? yeah, literally, the, the when I was researching spirituality, the first things I Googled was spirituality Los Angeles, and House of Intuition came up. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, a little bit about me. I woke up during my uh, great Saturn return, and if a lot of you don't know what that is, Saturn return is when Saturn hits your astrological needle chart every 29 and a half years. I was literally 29.5 years. Wow. <laughs> Exact. Exactly. Return. When shit started to literally hit my fan. So does that happen for everyone? When everyone goes through their Saturn return, do they usually go through the shit? Well, this is how I kind of see it. Saturn return kind of starts, I always say you have like a little bit pre of a buildup. So right. it starts probably like right at 27. Gotcha. That's why I always say like a lot of people transition at 27 right because it's their soul coming online and it's like oh do i have decisions i gotta make Mm, i'm gonna check out and then the next time saturn hits your chart again is when you're 58 so a lot of people start checking out between like 58 57 and 60 because that's the second time saturn returns to your Uh, chart because it's every 29 and a half years right right? so i as you know, I study numerology, yes. right? I'm a huge numbers person. Right. And, oh, God, I will never forget this day. It was actually, it was, I'm going to age myself, whatever. <laughs> well, you're so 29, it right? was, yeah, I'm still 29 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it was literally January 6, 2006. Uh-huh. So, we're talking the sixth day on the sixth year, right, at the start of the decade, I'm born, I'm not giving away my birthday, but I'm born in the sixth <laughs> month of the year. I'm born in June, right? So I literally get fired from my job. Mm. And What was your job at the time? I was working as, it seems so long ago, I was <laughs> working as a claims adjuster for one of the top three insurance companies in the wow. country. Wow. Right? I did not know this. So, yeah, I, like, had, like, everything, like, the company car, right. the cell phone, the computer, like, yeah. things are going great. I'm like, yes, I would be with the company going on, like, this is, like, the start of my eighth year. So, I pretty much get fired. I go home to my condo and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do for work. This is all I've ever done. Like after college, right? Mm -hmm. It was all you knew. This is all I knew at this point in my life. And I will never forget it. I was walking and stressing and freaking out. And I heard this voice say to me, haven't I always taken care of you? I like stopped dead in my tracks. Was it clear as day? 
clear as day. And I used to live, okay, just to give people a little prefix, I grew up in Seattle, Washington. Um, so I grew up on, on Lake Washington, right? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And I actually lived down the street from the lake. So I was walking my way down to the lake, right. and this voice literally stopped me dead in my tracks. I was like, I don't do <laughs> And the voice is like, haven't I always taken care of you? And I was like, <gasps> I was like, yes. And the voice is like, well, what makes you think this time is any different? And I was like, all right. And then I just heard, you got to trust. So I basically then was like, I'm just going to go to the library. And I was like, I didn't know what was going on. And the only psychic that I, I was aware of at the time was Sylvia Brown. Mm-hmm. Right? She was... She's like the, the famous psychic that everyone yeah, knew yeah. at that time. So I went to my local public library and I picked up this <laughs> book called, I think it was called The Travel Mystic. Oh, okay. Have I told you about that book? No, yeah, I haven't heard about that. Okay, this book like completely was kind of the start of it. So I picked up this book called The Traveling Mystic. But what really caught my attention was like, well, who published this book? Because this is like some heady information that she's putting out there. And I saw a little emblem that said, Hey House. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, the famous okay. spiritual publishing company. Well, at that time, I didn't know how famous it was. Right. Yeah. So I was like, who is Hay House? Mm-hmm. So I started to Google Hay House at the time. Because you guys, you have to remember, this is like 2006. Yeah. And I don't even know if, if Google was even around then. You have to remember. They were. Like, they were yeah. really very, they were very just, young. Okay. Yeah. So you have to remember, like, there was, when I went through my awakening in 2006, there was no iPhones. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I even had a BlackBerry at that time. I think I might have still had my flip phone. There was absolutely nothing when I woke up. Wow. To, to like, to research, none of this stuff. I mean, I think the iPod had just come out, like, in 2005. Yeah, so like this first is where, generation. First generation iPod. Yeah. So this is where we are with my awakening. Yeah. It's 2006, right? So I go in and I discover Doreen Virtue. Mm. The angel lady. Mm-hmm. The angel cards. The oh, okay. okay. So yeah. I was like started to devour everything by Doreen Virtue because I probably should preface this and say I went to Catholic school. Mm. I was taught in Catholic school that you pray to, you know, your angels, the saints, the spiritual community. There's a community within the whole Catholic religion, right? Mm. So her information was very comfortable to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And very appealing to mainstream. At that time, I didn't know she was mainstream. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of, like, still, like, in my little bit of a, of a bubble. Yeah. I probably should preface and say that I have always been gifted, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew at a very adulty state having me around because I could always tell when somebody was lying. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, that's a lie. They'd be like, you need to mind, stay out of grown folks' business. I'm grown like, well, grown folks, folks are lying. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. you know, got time for the lies that people are telling, right? right? So, Doreen Virtue had this book and I, you can't find, if you're, if you can find any of her stuff now, God bless you, but I think I was reading her her book, I think it was Gods and Goddesses. And in this book, she tells you how to open up your third eye. Mm. Pineal gland. Yeah. Well, I guess the pineal gland, whatever you want to call it. Right. <laughs> so you do this exercise, and I was like, oh, I'll just do this for shits and giggles, right? I'm right. like, what do I have to lose? Right. So, like, <laughs> I do the exercise, and my whole world, like, explodes. So I'm literally... After I w- waking up, do this exercise, I am like literally sitting at home and I pretty much go through a Kundalini awakening spontaneously. 
Interesting. And I am shaking and shuddering in my room, crying. I'm seeing like black globs of like energy at the time, like leave my body. I'm like thinking I'm in a meditation for 20 minutes and it's like four hours later. Wow. Yeah. Was that purging? Were you purging at that time? I don't know. Some days I would eat. Some days I wouldn't. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I was energetically. Energetically, I'm just. I I, do you know. I the best way to describe it is like I was the caterpillar, very hungry caterpillar. (laughs) I'm now in the cocoon. Right. Yes. And like I'm crystallizing and don't even know and like there was nothing out there at the time. To, to educate you to on educate what was... me that like I just remember like energetically having this dream and I just saw me like getting on this bus and there's literally like maybe ten people on the bus yeah. and all my friends are at the bus stop waving to me saying goodbye we'll see you later we're gonna do our three D life uh, and I'm like where am I going <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so I'm at this point in my life when I'm waking up in 2006 no I had nobody to talk to. So right. I discovered this bookstore in Seattle called East West Bookshop. They had like, had like a lot of classes. I was taking all these things. I got to see, see like all these different people come and talk. Right. And I just got to learn a lot through like my whole ascension awakening process. Right. And you had the harder road to spirituality than most. Essentially, you're, you're a little bit more advanced than a lot of people. I guess you could see that. And like, I didn't, <laughs> me and my friends would joke around in high school. Mm. Oh, you know, Terry's partially whatever, gifted, like right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, we would joke about that. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I had this dream. It did it, it right? Yeah. Um, and so to me, it was a joke up until a certain point. And, it became, and it's not. Yeah, and it became serious. Yeah. At a certain point. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much my wow awakening story and how I ended up. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, we're so glad to have you here. Now, in your experience, Terry, as you awakened, what did you learn in the ascension to be? Uh, As one goes through a spiritual awakening, they're inherently triggered for the ascension process. What actually is this process? I think for what a lot of people don't realize is that you have to be prepared to lose everything. So I lost my childhood friends um, it's like a full-on stripping. I lost my home during this time period. I lost my job. I was unemployed for two years. Thank God when Obama was in office. You went through the shit. Yeah, because I had to decondition myself from the mentality of working nine to five. I had to decondition myself of what it meant to be in the grind. Mm-hmm. I had to decondition myself and, and recondition myself into what it looked like to flow. And I remember... <laughs> What really probably truly kicked this whole thing off is I was at a Husky um, basketball game with another childhood friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And I was looking around at all the families and I was like, my life is bigger than this. I just knew that my life might not have been me following the path of all my friends were Mm. were about to embark on to follow. Like, I'm going to get married, I'm going to get the job, I'm going to yep. move back home to my childhood town, which is not a bad thing. Mm. I think it's great. Right. Like, And that's some people's journeys. And, their and that's some people's journeys, and that's what works for them. I just knew, and I looked at him, and I said this out loud to him, he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I, I was like, dude, I'm like, I don't know. And then in that moment, I just said to God, I was like, I want to be free. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand, people want freedom, but people don't want to take the path that's going to get them to the freedom. They don't want to do the work. 
that part. And you have to learn how to follow your heart. Essentially, you have to learn how to follow your heart. And I hate it when teachers are like, oh, my God, you're going to drop the mind into the heart. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, what ex- like for somebody who's working the grind, yeah. what does that mean? Mm. So right. that's what you have to discover for yourself to see what does following your heart look like. Right. And you, I, I like that you mentioned that you have to be willing to lose everything. And that kind of includes losing your mind a little bit or losing your perceptions and your it's more par- like breaking through paradigms. It's basically breaking through different paradigms and different beliefs systems that we have been conditioned to believe. Yeah. And it was kind of like I was telling you guys before we started, like what you, sometimes what's going to happen is what freaks people out is what you think is true will could possibly become false. Mm. And what was false is could possibly become truth. Right. And that's what a lot of people don't want to face. Because if you have to face the fact, and I think this is where the teachers talk about, like, this is where the illusion is, mm-hmm. right? If you don't want to face the illusions that you're dealing with in this reality, for some people, that's a mind fuck. Yeah. I think that we talked about this in the last episode where your belief systems are shattered and you have to be fluid and not rigid in ways of thinking. Because you're going to continue to learn shit that will just boggle your fucking mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're going to learn shit that contradicts other things that you've learned. And that's where you have to use your discernment. Yeah. And really trust. I think what happens is we've been inundated with so many different chemicals and, pro- and processed metals and heavy metals that it's very hard for people to understand their gut. Right, because there's separation there between their gut and their mind and their intuition because well, of all Well, it's called the, the solar plexus for a reason. Right. It's Can you break down that word? Well, solar, it depends on how you want to spell it. You know, you can spell it S-O-L-A-R, which is, you know, the sun. sun. Mm-hmm. Or you can spell it S-O-U-L-A-R, which is your soul, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, which is why there's a... People don't understand when you're going through ascension. The whole reason why... We can be controlled through the bottom three chakras, right? Mm-hmm. It's because they're the easiest to control. It's the heart chakra, right? Which is the bridge to the bottom and the and the top. And what a lot of people don't know, and I'm going to you know introduce this, I guess today. Um, a lot of people are. I, I'm working with a lot of clients who are working with either between a nine to a fifteen chakra system. Right. We have more than seven and more than twelve. There's a lot. There's a lot. Let's, let's yeah. just say that there's it's a kind lot, of, but like, of, yeah, but humanity isn't ready for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's interesting to see who is still with the seven, who's still talking about. Okay, now I'm talking about the twelve, and who's talking about the fifteen. Mm-hmm. One of the persons that I that I finally discovered that really helped me on my ascension path was Lisa Renee of Energetics and Thesis. Gotcha. Yeah, you sent she, me a few like, articles from her. Like, I was like, I would start reading her stuff and she'd be confirming like the information that I was receiving. And it was a huge help because I'd be like, she's probably one of the only few people who talks, who talks about the 15 chakra system. And it isn't because people are just uneducated and they're stuck in this belief system of seven chakras. Yes. They just don't know. Yes. Because it was hidden <laughs> from us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's to say that when you're going on ascension and you understand in your awareness that there's more, you might 
receive that in downloads that there are more and you can experience mm-hmm. the, right. the other chakras. Right. Yeah. You can, but a lot of people don't don't know yeah. what the other chakras are. Uh, right. And so they're limited within their awareness and their thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking insane. It's, it's There's so much information. I mean, and this is part of the reason why we created this podcast is to inform and break through all the structures that people have believed what spirituality is. God, I think what's happened though, and I like to call it the new cage community. New um, cage community. <laughs> what's that? The new age community. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. new cage community. Yes, yes. The new age love and light light worker. They, I'm just gonna do spiritual bypass, and I'm just gonna be in the light and the love and. <laughs> uh. well, one one joke I heard was, well, yeah, you're, you're gonna focus on all love and light, but this is a universe of duality, so good luck with that. Right. <laughs> For sure. Right. And there's a lot of things that within that, and there's certain laws that people want to bypass and ignore as well mm-hmm. on the ascension path. Mm-hmm. What are these laws? <sighs> there's a lot of laws. So much. What are what are the top three that you would say? Uh, well, the law of attraction, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, yes. that's one. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Another book. I'm just gonna go. Law of one. Love light. I, I have a different interpretation about the law of one. Yeah. So I don't really talk about it. Right. People don't understand that, like, we're, we all are different, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we all are not created equally. That's like, I hate, I'm just going to put that out there. Right. Like, yeah. we, we are, are not, not created equally, and everyone's like, oh, we're all equal. No, we're not all equal. Because this is exactly what you what you taught me over the years, was that we aren't created all equal, because there are beings on this earth and in this realm that cannot do what humans can. That part? <laughs> and... <laughs> They the don't law have- of one means that we all come from the oneness. Mm-hmm. So, yes, is the law of one a law? Yes, is an important yes. But in the scheme of things right now, it's really not that important. <laughs> mm. Now, I've also learned many different spiritual teachers can have many different interpretations of ascension. Mm-hmm. Recently, I learned that ascension also means mastering multidimensional living. Now, multidimensional, let's kind of dissect that word. What does it mean to be truly multidimensional. Hmm. What does Helen think? I think that's just being an energetic body. Mm. <laughs> what do you think? It's knowing that all time is holographic, right? Mm. All of your past, present, and future selves are existing in this current moment in the now. And knowing that you have access to those resources and infinite potentialities in every single moment so being able to communicate with those selves, those parts, shards, avatars, past, present, and future, and operating while having access to that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all right. So the, the teacher-based truth is all time is holographic. Yeah, Michael Cremo wrote a book about that. During my ascension, it was first realizing that separation is an illusion and also that all of time is holographic. And educating myself on that path moving forward was like, holy crap, like what is going on here? What the hell is actually going on here? And why isn't this being taught? There's a reason why they're not, they don't teach a lot of certain (laughs) (laughs) esoteric truths out there. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's a reason why a lot of these esoteric truths have stayed hidden. Mm. And why they will probably will continue to stay hidden for a while. Right. Just such and that's why everyone and I just laugh when people are like, "Oh, I want disclosure," and I'm like, "Well, what kind of disclosure do you want?" Yeah, there's never going to be disclosure full. To what? Like, there's never going to be full like, disclosure. What disclosure are you looking for? 
number one. Yeah. Because within the spiritual community, and, you know, there's so many different subtypes. You know what I mean? You got the people who are like, oh, the conspiracy theorists. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you got the people who are like, oh, I'm the alien UFO people. <laughs> you know? And then you have the people like, well, I just want to stay spiritual and just stay connected to higher source. And, mm-hmm. and within those different subgroups, there's different disclosures that everybody is looking for. Mm-hmm. I like that you brought up disclosure because... There's been so many lies, deception, and so much manipulation that we're never going to get full disclosure. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> Terry, I'm curious. What choice do you have in your own ascension? That's a really good question, Helen. The question you really need to ask yourself is, do you really have a choice? Is there a choice? Because I'm, me and a friend, <laughs> me and another friend who talks about, we talk about all things spiritual, cracks me up. We always talk about whose will are we really truly having? Is it really your will? Or is it just really God's will working through you? Mm. This is just my person. This is just my opinion, people. So don't come at me. <laughs> eventually, <at> your, <laughs> eventually, your will and God's will are one. And you, you just feel that naturally this pull, this pull. I mean, for me at least, where I rejected it, I denied it, and I didn't want to step into alignment, where I was just miserable, and I was complaining about my job constantly, where when I finally stepped, we talked about this in the car, where I finally stepped into alignment, and everything just flowed. Well, and I think people miss the point, is that the one thing that's missing out of Ascension that I think a lot of people don't talk about, but the true teachers talk about, mm-hmm. Is God. Yeah. Yogananda talks about God mm. and his relationship with God. You can't go through ascension without having a relationship with God. Mm. And it's not the universe. The universe is a the creation. The universe is a creation of the creator. So, you know, we've talked about this. Yeah. Like when people are like, oh, I want to manifest something. I'm going to call upon the universe. You can't call upon the universe to manifest. Because the universe is already a because creation. Because the, the universe is a manifestation of creation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got to call upon... I don't know. People like to say prime creator. Source. Eh, it's just, it's God, people. Yeah. Like, get comfortable with that word. It's fucking, sorry, sorry, God. It ah. is God. Get comfortable with it. People are so disconnected from that word, and that just has to do with religion. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I have nothing the against. thousands of, of years of religion that have beaten us over the head with this male, masculine God. People have been so conditioned to the point and get turned off that they don't even, you know, we've created atheists out of yeah. all of it. Yeah. And atheists, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. and that's fine if you're an atheist. I have nothing against your path and what you want to do. But at mm. the end of the day, you have got to have some sort of belief system. Yeah. You have to have some sort of foundation. So me and my friend always talk about, for some people, that might mean that you got to go back to basics. Mm-hmm. on the ascension process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you were raised Jewish and you're going through ascension, you might have to go step into a temple mm. and reconnect with God and reconnect with your religion just to see where you are in regards to the ascension process and are you still attached to those old programs that right. are running within that, are running that religion. <laughs> or maybe you're born, maybe you're Baptist, right? And you got to go back into the Baptist church, take a look at things. So this is like an evaluation process. Like uh, uh, an audit, if you will. Yeah, because you like because it's really important to kind of go back to where you began to see how far you've come. To, along. Yeah, to unwire it. 
Yeah. Right? You're right. That's part of the stripping you mentioned as well, right? Unpacking it. Yeah. You And I think a lot of times people don't understand with the ascension, it's about expansion. Mm. Expansion, growth, evolution. Right. And this is what gets me because I <laughs> I work with a friend slash she's a client. She was a client. She's a friend now. And she has a hard time because she wants to have this spontaneous awakening. And I'm like, bro. Not going to happen. This is not your lifetime for that. Mm. And if it was, you, you, the particles would explode and mm, you, yeah, you wouldn't even, that, you'd be, you'd leave the body. The like, vibration's too high. Right. For some people, that is what you agreed upon when you came down here. I just want to do it seamlessly and not. And for some people, you got to like, <laughs> you got to carry your baggage and drop the baggage off at the different train stations. Yeah. I like that analogy. And leave and leave the baggage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, so you can't compare. I know a lot of the teachers who speak, the majority of them have gone through it spontaneously. But they also were in such severe pain Mm. as well that caused that. Right. I mean, look at Eckhart Tolle. I mean, he'll tell you he was in such severe pain that there was no way that the only way for him to get out of it was to do that. Yogananda, like, he was in pain from losing his teacher. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, Pain is a trigger. Pain can be a trigger. But we have to, like... That's also an old script. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. You know what I mean? Like, when are we going to stop using pain, pain as an excuse as a trigger to trigger our awakening and to trigger the ascension? Right. Eventually, we're going to have to do it out of joy. And apparently, out of five meo DMT. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> drug, Let's do a little boof. Drug, yeah. <laughs> drug-induced awakenings. <laughs> You know, one of the tools that I use during my ascension process, mm. actually, people always ask me, like, what kind of, I think it's important to do body work, mm. like physical body work as you're going through it, too. Right. So whether you're, like, working out, I did a lot of yoga mm-hmm. during that time period. I think what is relatable in that channeling and, like, stripping is that I had a moment So, yeah, everybody knows about my big breakup, and yoga was a lot of big part of my healing. So I was on in in a yoga class, and I think we were at the top of our mats in Mountain, and I just, like, it was, like, the the most clear download, too. I just heard, like, be a yoga teacher, but I went with it, and it was just huge in my healing. And so, Ascension, I think I got my first Reiki um, in that teacher training, and so I guess... As you ascend, like more opportunities of light incorporation come to you as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, did you do Reiki level one? I trained as oh, um, so uh, the the session I got, you might be interested. These guys were from Germany, and they had like um like an apparatus where you start on the floor, and then they slowly like pull you up until you're inverted. Oh wow! Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So you became a yoga teacher? No, I actually never ended up teaching it. I just went through the training. I do a lot of yogic philosophy in my Mm. day-to-day, but not the asana. So what do you think, why you probably went through the yoga training in regards to your ascension? I guess it was to see examples of people who have also kind of showed up for themselves in their way of ascension. My class was actually small for that yoga studio. We were only seven of us, so it got to be intimate too. Mm. Um, And actually connection to the body because I was definitely disconnected. Oh, wow. So, Terry, what is... Yes, (laughs) JR. What is the general cycle of one's ascension process? 
death, <laughs> or rebirth, right? Death, <laughs> rebirth. I'm gonna find out some different words that describe what I'm going through and like attach them to myself, like empath and narcissist. Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna have another death. Then I'm gonna have another rebirth, and then the second goes on and on. <laughs> so, me mentioning empath and narcissist, right? Like, there's this huge push right now. I'm noticing within the quote unquote spiritual community, um, pushing that narrative, right? Mm-hmm. I personally don't like the word empath mm-hmm. because I think it's lower vibration. Number one. Um, and it's the lowest of psychic skills. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And essentially, you're kind of a, you, essentially, you are a psychic vampire. Right. So when you're an empath, because like. For, for all the empaths out there, please do not get angry. We're going to go into this. So why is it that you hate the word? Well, you not hate is a strong word, but you dislike it. And why is it also the lowest psychic skill out there? Because basically when you're like, I'm an empath and I can go into the room and pick up on people's energies, right? Mm-hmm. Well, are you picking up on people's energies or are you devouring them? And are you and, able to and discern? And are you able to discern and not say, I'm not taking your shit on? Exactly. And I think a lot aren't. of empaths don't have, it's hard because you don't have that boundary and you don't have that discernment yet. And, and it's not a bad that it's not a bad thing, but I think it's been glorified now to be like, oh, I'm an empath. I'm this and that. No, boo, you're not an empath. <laughs> you want to say you're intuitive because you want to go within and intuit. Because your intuition is stronger. Yeah. And I also like intuitive a little bit better than psychic because psychic, psyche, psychic is like kind of like more mental. Mm-hmm. right yeah psychology i right. mean there's yeah. so many different it's important like as you're going through ascension you're going to pay a lot of attention to like the play on words mm-hmm. and the spells that have been casted very true upon maybe you and ooh, i guess i'm going here today yeah you are upon you and your bloodline so to speak wow. so when you're going through ascension a lot of people think it's a lot of people who have pretty much have decided that, okay, I'm going to be born into this, as Andrew Bartz says, the galactic historian, I'm going to be born into this genetic DNA bodysuit, right? Skin suit. Skin DNA. suit, right? Yeah. And I'm going to break through the curses or break through the lower energies and the lower densities that have kept this bloodline from ascending. And that, those are essentially a part of your soul contract. I like to say soul agreement. Soul agreement. I like to use, I pretty much try to stay away from words that have the word con in it. C-O-N. Yeah, because I think it's a con job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're thinking about words like connection or consciousness. Mm -hmm. I like to say uh, communication um, because you're in union with communication. Mm -hmm. And then awareness has the word war in it. So I'm like, like, what do you really use? As you you are, I guess awakening is awake. And I don't think that people are aware of... And I guess this takes us <laughs> to the next question you guys had for me, right? Uh-huh. Heal- yeah, healing through lower energies and frequencies that arise through ascension. And now these lower energies and frequencies can be, well, they're all, it's all within your DNA. And it's also karma. It's also soul agreements that you one must heal through. Uh, yes, depending on what that agreement is. Mm-hmm. Lisa Renee likes to call the ones... Again, Lisa Renee, you guys, she's amazing when it comes to, like, Ascension stuff, right? Mm -hmm. She has people in groups. Like, you could be the person on Ascension who's, like, the spiritual nomad, she says. So that's the person who's, like, traveling around 
And then, like, maybe you're doing grid work. So, like, then you have the grid workers, right? Then you also have people who she calls the genetic path cutters. Now, you could be all of these things, too. Like, you you may not fall into one category, mm-hmm. but the genetic path cutters are the people who've come in and made the agreement that I'm going to cut through the trauma wow. and drama of this bloodline and clean up the genes. I guess I would say that's more like their role. Role. Mm. Right? Because we're moving out of... Um, Another person I love reading, um, Giselle Coy. She's another one, another teacher that I read. She wrote a book called um, "The Modern Day Muse," and she talks about how, as we're building this, these new templates, we're moving out of jobs into roles. And I think people are having a hard time with that mm-hmm. in regards to accepting. ascension and ac- accepting what is my role. Because I think a lot of people, when you go through ascension, you're like, "Oh, what is my purpose?" Mm-hmm. What is my mission? Mm-hmm. That's what we all One, like. Yeah, that's check in with God do. to find out if you have a mission and if you have a purpose. Because maybe you, after you go through ascension, maybe your purpose is to be a mom mm-hmm. and to help raise up and to help raise these new kids that are coming up. Right? Maybe you're just supposed to be the person in your neighborhood that just walks around and you smile and you wave. And at that's people, your purpose. And that's your purpose. Or maybe your purpose is to fucking change the like. Speak and be well known, and like be like a Greta. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not everybody's meant to be a Greta. Not everybody is meant to be social justice warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe your your calling is, in fact, just to be more behind the scenes. Right. And I think that's what gets people tripped up when they start this ascension path and mm-hmm. like they start this spiritual awakening. And they're like, "I'm gonna start doing YouTube's and Instagrams." No, like, be quiet. <laughs> podcasts <laughs> yeah i'm gonna do a podcast i studied things for years before i decided to start doing things publicly mm-hmm. mm. yeah we, uh, that was the path for me but a lot of people you need to, a lot of people need to sit back unless of course you hear from god and god's like we're gonna put you on this ascension path and part of it is yeah i want you to have a big following on instagram mm. And you know you're in alignment with that when you're getting the followers with the information that, mm-hmm. you're, that you're giving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. When things easily align. Yeah. Wow. As you expand and as you evolve, trauma, karma, karmic resolution is something that you'll, you will have to deal with. And so basically tips, tools, and techniques on healing through. Well, I don't believe that everybody has karma. <laughs> Not everyone has karma. No. Mm. Not everybody has individual karma. But every, does everyone have trauma? whether that be generational or ancestral. Yes, I, you could. I mean, I'm pretty sure there might be some bloodlines out there that maybe they haven't had any trauma mm. because maybe they're the traumatizers. I don't know. Ooh. So it's fascinating. You have to look at it that way too. Yeah. I believe that there are people who are clearing, a lot of times they think it's their own karma and they're really clearing the karma of the collective. Wow. Through their bodies. Because essentially, in my own in my own opinion, if you're a graduated soul, and I could be wrong, you know what I mean, and this could be a retraction. So again, don't come at me. Um, <laughs> you don't have any individual karma, which is what twin flames are about. But that's a whole different that's, topic. And we will have you on our twin flame episode. So oh, listeners, stay tuned. So yeah, a lot of times people are are clearing the karma for the collective right. and the karma for the family. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have any karma, and then that's the blueprint that mm-hmm. they're working with. That they've 
inherited, so to speak. Right. Which is why I'm realizing now, like, you even naming your kid, like, names after somebody in the family may or may not be a good idea. No, because they inherit. Possibly that person's vibration, because our names are vibrations, right. too, that people each letter, about. Each letter has, yep. carries a certain vibration. And so to name, I guess, one should be very, very, very careful and aware of naming their kid after someone else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know Uh, what I mean? Like that was a whole, that was a whole, like my whole, my dad's generation was like that. Everybody in the family is named after somebody. Junior, junior. uh, I totally forgot that I am. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, but it's interesting. Interesting. Like, that's how many, like, my uncle, I'm not going to say the name, but my uncle's named after another uncle in the family, and he named all his kids. That same uncle named his son that name, and that kid named his son that name. So there's six people in my family. Because you're in the same same bloodline with that same name. So it it gets passed down. That that trauma, the energy, whatever it is, that, that. that frequency. Well, that uncle is pretty badass. What? That mm. uncle was pretty badass. Oh, okay. So, All like, right. So it really depends on. <laughs> it really depends on. What <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like so that's like somebody in your family who's like you wouldn't mind like right. having right? right. But going back to like how do you heal through these lower energies? It's really interesting because I think people we forget in regards to the different dimensions, right? Mm. We so concentrate on the third, on 3D, 3D. and then jumping into 5D, mm-hmm. that for one, we forget about 4D. 4D. Now, mm-hmm. And then you also forget about 1 and 1 2. Do. 1 right. and that's, 2D. Right, that's often overlooked. That's actually... Completely overlooked. Yeah. And 1 and 2D sometimes is where you have to go down into the bowels of hell. That's mm. <laughs> where you went. Yeah. To clear out whatever needs to be cleared out. Mm-hmm. So sometimes instead of shooting up, you're shooting down. And so when you're, that's why it's called ascension. Because you're basically, you're on a spiral Mm. with ascension. Mm -hmm. When you think you're going on a downward spiral, you're really on the next upward, up leveling. It's almost like there's a shadow because it's like the back part of the up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So you're like, oh, I got to do more shadow work. And you think you have to do more shadow work and you don't. And then, you know, this. there's a lot of talk, too, about um, while you're on the ascension path, the inner child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and I, JR and I had a conversation about this. Eventually, you guys, the inner child grows up. Eventually. Like, there's only so much inner child work mm-hmm. and trauma that you can do. Because eventually that inner child becomes you, the adult. And that's where a lot of people are going to have a hard time with ascension is because they don't want to go into adult spirituality. And wow. they're still very right. immature. Right. There's a, there's a maturity that has to happen with as you are ascending. Yeah, because like you said, at a certain point, the inner child is healed. And one must move on. And the inner well, child, child grows up. Yeah. <laughs> it's adult. Yeah. yeah. So what you see happening is you have a lot of people running around right now with a lot of inner child trauma, mm-hmm. which is why things are going the way that they're going right now in society. Because mm-hmm. nobody wants to take ascend and take responsibility and become sovereign beings. Mm. People deep down, and they don't really realize it, and this is what ascension will help you to overcome, is the need to dominate and control another person. Mm-hmm. 
just huge, which those energies are found within the lower realms. Lower realms. So, and they're also found up in the higher realms too. So you have to be very careful. And when you are claiming, you know, I saw a post, somebody was upset about people using the word sovereign because we tie it in with the Native American people, uh-huh. right? The natives were sovereign people mm-hmm. and they truly were. Mm-hmm. And then you have these people who came over and suppressed them and Mm -hmm. oppressed them. Domination and control. Domination and controlled them and put them on these reservations, right? Yeah. So there's there's two ways that we can look at sovereignty. We have to look at sovereignty from an earthly planet standpoint, and you also have to look at sovereignty from a cosmic standpoint. Cosmic and celestial. So in order to free up the sovereignty on this planet, you got to become sovereign in the cosmos first. Wow. Which is why it's okay to use that word, but I get what the person who was saying, who was upset about it on Instagram because they're native, right? Mm-hmm. She was saying, like, we all can't be free until the native people are free, but I was like, girl, you have no idea. Like, this planet ain't free, so. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all dealing with the domination and control. Yeah, so part of ascension is for you to mature and to grow. And most people cannot mature past the trauma that th- where they were for some people, maybe you're traumatized in a certain way at three years old. Maybe it was 17 for you. Maybe it was 21. Maybe it was 25 and you may be 50, but you're still stuck at 25. Mm. This is very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm glad you brought up the growing up of the inner child. Cause I don't know that that's talked about because there's just so much focus on your inner child needs you. Your inner child mm-hmm. needs you mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, many spiritual teachers, healers will say, Connect to your inner child. Connect to your inner child. But none I've heard will say, okay, once it's healed, move on. You have to move on. Yeah. You have to mature. Yeah. And that's the precipice where humanity is at right now. Mm. Right? Like, are we going to mature and ascend up, or are we going to keep on doing the same shit? Mm -hmm. Now, is ascension ever-evolving? Is there an end to it, or is it infinite expansion? Yes, there is an end to it. There is. What? Is it merging back with source? This is fascinating. This is crazy shit. Yes. I mean, eventually, ascension means you graduate, you guys. Right. Oh. Gra- the, the graduate. The graduation. So back right. to the inner child growing up. <laughs> so like, how many times do you want to go through this fucking graduation right. process? It's the graduation yeah. timeline. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So not everyone is on the graduation timeline. No. Not everybody and is, I've, but we have to have enough people to have them be graduate. on the graduation timeline to tip the scales. Now, this is an uh, interesting question. If you are not on the graduation timeline, I've heard you you restart the cosmic cycle Ooh. with majority of the negatives. Damn, dog. Right? So there's a lot of material here. We're going to take a break. If you liked this episode, please subscribe. We'll be back with the rest of it next time. You can also find us on Clubhouse. The club is Awakened Now What? Find me at heal.me.com slash Helen. You can find me at journeythroughtheawakening.com. We will see you guys for part two and see you next time. Mm-hmm.